Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. Today's episode of Splitting Hairs marks the one year anniversary of this podcast. It is well, actually a little over fifth, a year, I suppose. But. but it is actually our 50th episode. And Which just, is, isn't that interesting, guys, out there? That our 50th episode should fall pretty much uh, a year after we started. How is that? How is that unbelievable? There's 52 weeks in a year. Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. So, I mean, I guess that it is means pretty. There were two weeks that we took off pretty much in this past year or so. Um, well, also, anyway, yeah, we to actually discuss, took but a few episodes. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. To celebrate the one year anniversary of our podcast, we'll be discussing the timeless subject of age. Uh, is age important? Is the age of a person important? Is the age of. Is a age thing? but a number? Is it but a number? Or is it. Is it well, does it matter is it meaningful? in your is life? Emotion? Is your career? Is it meaningful physically, emotionally, and whatnot? Uh, and experientially. Is that a word? I think so, right? I guess so. Existentially. How about that? Um, but before we get to all that business, um, we have some station business to take care of. And what is that? Well, we just had a great, great uh, February edition of Vintage Basement with Max and Nikki. Yeah, one, one of, of my our, favorites. One of our favorite uh, uh, shows that we've had It so was far. just a warm atmosphere and, and very spirited. energy was energy. good coming from the, the audience and, you know, it was reciprocated by the performers. And, you know, there's just... Well, was no, never, there was vice never, versa, too. That's what I just said. There was never a dull moment. It was great. It was lively. Um, and you know what? There's another one right around the corner. Our March edition of, of Vintage Basement with Max and Nikki is on Monday, March 19th, 2018. And we've got quite a lineup for you. Including Michael Costa from The Daily Show. Louis Katz from... Who this was is, just appeared, just appeared on, on This, this is, is, not not happening. is Not Happening. Uh, which e- is Ari Shafir's show. Emmy Blotnick, uh, who is the head writer of the President show on Comedy Central. And Andy Haynes, who, who is known for his, his work on Conan and uh, his Comedy Central half hour. So we got quite a lineup. It's packed, and we got a an, uh, a guest spot from uh, a friend of the show. Um, but you're Nikon Hamati. Nikon Hamati, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a good one, you guys. Um, so where can you get your tickets? Get them now while you still can, because this could sell out. No, this will sell out. This will sell out. Get, repeat that. Get them while you can. So get them while you can. Get your tickets while you still can, because this will sell out. Um, get them while you can ahead of time at maxandnicky.com slash vintage-basement. V- vintage-basement. That's hard to say. maxandnicky.com slash vintage-basement or oh, horsetrade.info. 
Or uh, you can just go to maxandnicky.com. Uh, you'll find the appropriate links. But say that 10 times fast. Vintage dash basement. Vintage dash basement. Vintage dash basement. What about vintage this? Bas- what about vintage dash basement. Vintage dash basement. But what's vintage even harder is slash vintage dash basement. That's a, weird, that's a tongue twister. That's what you call um, alliteration-ish. Yeah, I guess that's alliteration. I mean, yeah, it is. Um, although, what's quite interesting about well, that vintage, that vintage slash vintage no, slash, slash no, it's because slash je, je is kind of similar to sh. So vintage slash vintage slash. Oh wait, wait sorry. It has a very similar uh, phonemic quality. Dot com, oh yeah, that's dot, a word. Dot com slash vintage slash vintage dash basement. Interesting. Yes, quite interesting. Um, anyway, uh, do we have anything to discuss right now, really? Um, you know, the Oscar nominations came out. We know, already we talked just, about did that. Did we talk about that? We did talk about those uh, um, either last week or the two weeks well, ago. Well, something, I mean, I suppose one should bring up. Um, we brought it up before on our episode about gun control, um, but yet another mass shooting happened uh, this past week, and it's very tragic. Um, in, in, in Southern Florida and the, and it happened in a, a school, right? And the culprit was a semi-automatic weapon. Well, it was the carrier of a semi-automatic Right. Weapon. But I will say the culprit is the weapon itself. I know a lot of people say well, it is, it is one of the culprits. It's one of the culprits. Sure. Um, but I it think was that an AR 15, which is a common, uh, uh, semi-automatic rifle. And, um, yeah, you know... And it's just another example of why guns are bad. Why guns are bad and should not be out there for purchase so easily, actually, I mean, too. It's, I mean, I cannot wrap my head around what people seem to deem as gun culture in this country. I, I don't think there's... I don't, I don't like calling uh, gun culture... I don't, I don't like giving gun culture that kind of... Uh, the honor of having it, having it, uh, sort of. What am I trying to say? Having, I don't know. Having having it, be able to. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Have, a, have have culture. I feel like culture is uh, is generally a positive thing, and I don't like that. Uh, guns are related to some kind of culture. You know. Right. It's not a. Um, col- I mean, usually when you describe something as celebrated, something is has culture it's something that is has significance and meaning in a positive way culture you know is attached to a sort of it has a kind of in more my positive it has a sort of a positive connotation in a way and, and I don't um, think that to associate guns with culture in general is the wrong attitude because you know i i well, was, there's a, i mean i don't agree with that actually i mean I agree with you that it should be attached to something to positive, but culture can be used in many different no, ways. No, you're right, but um, the, this whole idea of gun culture is, is kind of stupid to me. I really think that... So I, I was watching a, a clip of The View um, uh, the other or today, actually, and Meghan McCain was defending the gun culture in America. She's a proponent for the Second Amendment, and... NR, and she's an NRA member. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the co-hosts, Sunny Hostin, I think. Sunny Rollins. She said, I don't understand why, like, anybody would need 
this automatic, you know, semi-automatic rifle to go hunting. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's like, she's like, I mean, doesn't that take the fun out of it? Like, y- y- if you are having fun hunting, like, you're not even giving, like, it's not even fair for the, the thing that you're hunting. And uh, Megan McCain would just, uh, she came back, it rebutted back with, you know, Sonny, you just, you, you've never lived in the middle of America. You don't understand gun culture. And my, she didn't say anything to refute that, but what I would say as a comeback would be, well, you know, lots of things in, from the past uh, were part of the culture in middle America or Southern America, like slavery. But, you know, in order for the country to progress, sometimes we have to uh, rid ourselves of some of these bad traditions, such as this gun, quote unquote, uh, gun culture. It's like a, a bad thing. And I think that even if that's a part of where you came from, uh, I think it's important to probably, you know, kind of make it go away. Because, like, in the same way that Southerners sort of, you know, respect the Confederacy, like, they have these Confederate flags, but slowly we're kind of get, we're getting rid of any statues or, or flags that represented the Confederacy because it was a bad thing. It was a time in America that was not peaceful, and it was a, our, the state of the Union was uh, in distress. Um, um, also, it just so happens that John McCain, her that, father... Uh, that's, that was the other point I was going to ...receives the most donations of any, of any congressman, congressman from the from NRA. The NRA. Um, so she... And it also, by the way, this uh, after uh, this mass shooting, uh, a lot of people on the internet were showing uh, which congressman and congresswomen uh, receive donations from the NRA... And they happen to all be Republican, I think, or at least yeah, most no, of them, the, right? Uh, yeah, the top at least eight were Republican. Actually, I think most of them are just Republican in general. Um, and it's like, how shady and sketchy is that? It's just so ridiculous. I mean, just the how much lobbyists have an influence in especially the in NRA, our government. Because most people really in this country, uh, it's all tied I to money. About I think like seventy something like seventy five percent of the country, both. Democrats and Republicans believe there should be uh, harsher gun control laws. Um, there should be gun control reform. And it's the NRA lobbyists that really are um, have their hands in these Republican congressmen's pockets. And that's really what's keeping... It's, it's crazy Wait, is that, how... Is that, did you say that right? They have it their hands in their pockets? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, or the other way around, the congressmen have their hands in the pockets of the NRA. Or wait, is that no? even saying the same? Am I saying that correctly? I don't know. I mean, I think people get the point. It's more like, you know, they're they're mixing money with policy, and that's a terrible. But thing. But it's not just money and policy; it's money and lives. Lives are at stake, right? And that's um, a terrible thing. And here's the thing: like is it's, it's it's one thing to to talk about like political issues like health care and. Um, you know, the economy, but when it comes to actual people's lives, especially, you know, kids' lives in these schools, I think we should really take a different stance and a different approach to this. Right. You know? This isn't a political issue. It, it really is just, it's a moral issue. And actually. it really is an the ethical NRA, issue. That, the NRA lobbyists that are seemingly keeping 
these, you know, keeping reform and, and gun control from happening. And that's really a shame. I mean, it's a shame that Donald Trump, you know, revoked the... Uh, the Obama uh, bill about the Obama, Obama ban on uh, ban, anybody with uh, anybody with uh, mental health mental issues, health being issues able cannot to, they couldn't buy, they purchase buy guns, right? Um, and and it's really terrible because apparently, and, oh yeah, and I I don't I just don't even see why. I mean, it's just that bad that they're are are they are is the NRA or are gun companies going to lose that much money? I guess that they think they're going to lose that much money if people. Have to be submit to background checks, and do you know what? And and I, I guess they're just assuming basically if because they're against that for some reason, they're basically assuming that cra- only crazy people that are not stable are buying the weapons, and therefore they're proving the point actually that that uh, that these people shouldn't that the people that buy guns shouldn't even own the gun, you know, shouldn't be buying guns, you know? I mean, they're well, kind of proving that point in the fact that they're saying that they don't even want background checks, you know? It's it's kind of ridiculous, you know? You know, the um, another thing they were mentioning on The View that I found interesting was that apparently the legal age to purchase a, a semi-automatic rifle, I don't even think it's, apparently it's, 18, but I think you can be younger and purchase one. I think it's 16 or something like that in some states. And some states you don't and, even have to register your weapon, by the and, way, which is still but, so but ridiculous. The legal to age me. to buy you have to buy a car, you have to do with cars. The legal and, age to buy a handgun is 21, which I found interesting that the the legal age to buy an, a semi-automatic rifle was lower than the age of uh, of the of the legal of the legal age of buying a, just a handgun. That was interesting to me. Um, you know, and this kind of relates to, you know, our, our subject that we'll talk about in a little bit. Age um, doesn't matter. And I think I'm already mentioning it. I think sometimes it does actually matter. Sure. Um, well, I mean, in this case, I think, uh, well, yes. Yeah, a lot of different case, factors. But a lot matter. of different factors. In but, this case, but, I don't think anyone in, should be in, buying in, guns, in this really. Real, in this case, I think nobody of any age should own or be able to purchase uh, semi-automatic, uh, semi-automatic rifle. Well, and There's on no, a personal level, we think that nobody should be able to purchase any guns at I all. But I think at the very is, least, look at Australia. At the very least, no semi-automatic. I mean, semi-automatic or automatic weapons. I mean, it's really ridiculous to me that that's like what. There is no point. It's it's There's crazy no that people actually defend that. You know, on on accounts of hunting. That's first of all, hunting is such a bi- barbaric. "Quote unquote sport" is what they call sure, it. Sure, but you it's eat just, meat. I mean, come on. You, there's, 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 there's there's so many humane things. ways of 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 killing Sh- our livestock. I know, you but know? you know, you eat chicken that is probably not. You know, you go to a burger joint Max, sometimes. That you know? oh man, you're seeming like really naive. I mean, it, it's just I'm not. You're seeming naive. No, Are I'm not. Me? That that that's not how. Uh, I'm not saying that. It's bad to kill animals, uh, but there are more humane ways of doing it. And I think, Max, let me finish. I think that going out and killing yourself, I don't know. There's there's certain animals that people hunt that they don't eat. Actually, a lot of them, you know. People hunt deer and, and things like that. And it's sad, actually, you know. I mean, some of these... I just don't think this is a good argument. You know, Reason being is you're saying... 
oh, I'd rather somebody else do it for me. That's essentially what you're saying. I'd rather somebody else kill for, you know, oh, it's gonna, it's okay that they're being killed because I'm not doing it. That's what you're saying right now. Well, that's no, a bad argument. My point is that, is it really worth, like, the maybe ounce of fun that you might have in hunting? Uh, is it worth keeping your those rights to own these kinds of guns in order I mean, to, I, to, to, to like... Uh, I'm actually curious to over, see... Is it worth it to, to see these many kids die from these mass shootings? I mean, well, I don't it think it's even, worth it. You know, the point is, I mean, with, as far as hunting goes, if you are hunting with an, uh, an assault rifle or, you know, a semi-automatic, then you really have killed the sport in it, you know? Semi-automatic problematic. What, what's the point? Like, it's, it's like... You know, you're like shooting fish in a barrel, you know? That's how easy it is for you then at that right. point, it, you know? It's, it's also like... It's like, oh, bravo, you killed this cow that can barely... Or you killed this deer that is, you know, grazing in the grass. People... people and you can't... It's like you had a machine gun, you know, to be able to do it, you know? And that's ridiculous. People call it... Um, so easy. A sport, too? It's, if it's a sport, people, yeah. People it's call to be a challenge, People you know? call it a sport, but if, if that... If a sport... If the effect of a sport is these mass shootings, then I think we should get rid of the sport. Like if basketball or football, if that culture was causing people to die, then I think we would think t- twice before, you know, allowing that to proceed, the, that, that sport to live on. Right. You know? I think we would probably stop it. Um, I mean, you could say that though, here's an argument. Cars are a, necessi- a necessity, you know, and they have caused many deaths, you know. They're a necessity, though, at this point. Uh, yeah. They're not, guns are not necessary. I don't True. see how guns are necessary at all. That's a, that would be a bad argument. Like, especially semi-automatic right, right, weapons. Right, right, there's, right. there's no necessity at all. There's no point in them at all. Right, With right. a car, you're, there's actually so much use for, sure, sure, you know. Sure, sure. I, I, I rescind what I said. Vehicles. Edit that out. No, it's in there, you know. This is, this is how we're thinking. We're thinking out loud here. Well, um, you know, I was just on the subject of cars, though. I really think they have this actually for people that I think have, have had DUIs in the past that they have to breathe into a thing in order for the car to start. I don't know why that's not a mandatory thing, actually, in all cars. I just don't get it. And actually, um, I don't see why. Uh, I mean, can somebody, I, you know, uh, disassemble that, I guess? Probably they'd have to figure that out. But I think what should happen, though, is if they disassemble it, then the car just can't start. You know, some, some I think that's even how it works, you know? Um, or, or maybe you ha- like in the same way that we have, you know, when you're registering your car, you have to pass a smog test. You know, if, if your car, if you, if your car is disassembled, you know, has that disassembled, uh, or, or something like that, you know, then your car can't pass the registration. You know, it, you know, all cars should have that so that people aren't driving drunk. And I know people that have done that. You know, and they think they're okay, and it's not okay. No, it's not okay to Anyway, drive that's a different subject altogether. People think altogether. they can drive, uh, you know, a little intoxicated. I don't care how much that's alcohol... That's because you become overconfident when you're drunk, I and then you also, uh, you're, 
your mental faculties it, are uh, impaired, you know? So you're it, thinking like you can. Even in my you opinion, if you have more than one drink, and I, I would actually say if you, even if you've had if you one, one drink, if you had one drink, uh, which is, uh, sorry, if you've had one alcoholic drink, then that is, you know, grounds for not dismissal. Being to, dismissal. It's grounds for dismissal from using your from car. From using your car. You should not be able to drive a car even after one drink. That's right. That's just, you know, it's common sense, people. It's common sense. I mean, I even think like... Because some I, people I, get yeah. buzzed and, and a little intoxicated after one drink. That's right. They do. That's right. Well, that's why you check your blood alcohol level, you know, because some people are, you know... They're they're probably their percent their their percentage is higher, you know. Uh, but in any, in any event, I don't even. F- I don't is that the right to say? Percentage? I don't care I if you. I don't even care if you think that you can drive home after one drinks. For some people, their blood alcohol level is higher. I don't even care if you think you can safely get yourself home after drinking. Think about the other people that you're putting in danger on the road. That's the my. That's the bigger problem, right? At, at hand is like, what if you hit somebody? you know, a, a pedestrian or a bike rider, or if you hit somebody else's car, you're just putting other people at risk that you don't need to put at risk. That's the problem. If you felt like you could get yourself home and you there were no there's no risk of hitting anybody else, then that's all on you, you know? But, like, when it comes to other people's lives, that's the problem. And that's the same thing with guns. It's like, if you think you, you're safe with it, fine, that's that's on you. But... You have to think about how many guns get into the hands of people that don't use them safely and that do have mental health issues or that are dangerous, you know, and they have bad tempers or something like that. That's uh, just a big risk for killings, you know. And for many and, people, they can buy di- weapons deaths. without without passing any tests, too, and, and how to use these things, you know. This is the only country thing, where... You know? You know, yeah, Megan McCain mentions gun culture. It's like this is the only country where there is, is this, gun culture. this gun culture, you know? And I think. Well, I mean, there's other countries where there's a lot of weapons for sure. Right. But, but I don't those know. Those are like a, third world countries. Right. You know? And I don't think there's, there's a necessarily. Well, I don't know, actually. I don't know what those. Like, are. there's no first world countries that I can think of that have these kinds of weapons legally available and that's a problem um you know correct me if i'm wrong about that but yeah most most of western europe it's illegal uh canada you know australia Aust- australia australia is the big one well actually well, in is Eastern- canada is canada they're illegal i, I might be, I, have misspoken there i'm not I, sure i think so not 100 percent on that but australia that's the big one where it guns used to be legal and they illegalized them in the mid-90s. And you know what? There has not been one mass shooting in Australia since then. How about that? Even if people could get them off the black market, it makes it that much harder for them to be able to get a gun or and get an, a semi-automatic rifle. And there have not been any mass shootings since then in Australia. There have... How, much, how many 18 mass shootings this year, Max, in schools? Is that correct? I mean, or in the past year? Uh, what? Is that, is that what the case? It's uh, 18 or so uh, mass shootings in the past year in schools? Something like There's so many that we don't, even, we don't even know about, actually. It's kind of crazy. I mean, this is an epidemic that must be stopped. 
So, you know, we just, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to like do anything at this point. I mean, I think the only thing we can do is really just well vote, the, vote in vote Canada in, in two thousand in in the two thousand eighteen you know midterm elections. We really gotta you know even if you're Republican, if you know, I think you just gotta vote for the Democrat on this one so we can push for these harsher gun control laws. Uh, by the way, in Canada, there is no legal right to own a gun. Uh, so it's not a right to be able to have a gun in, in Canada, but it's not illegal to own a gun, but they have to go through certain background checks if you're a private seller or something like that. Why do people defend... And, and like certain weapons are completely outlawed, I think, too. Why do people defend the Second Amendment so much? It's it's so stupid. Like, that's why there's amendments, so we can change the Constitution a little bit depending on how our country progresses. By and, the way, you also said Western society but it's also in eastern cultures too you know oh yeah exactly yeah there's no no guns in a lot of eastern cultures this is the only first world country that i can think of that deals with this on a regular basis unfortunately um and gosh that that second amendment was specifically there for revolutionary war times you know or when there'd be an outbreak of war inside of you of the country and that is not the present case right now you know i mean so i don't know let's let's get a handle on this people jesus christ anyway we've had enough talk about this because we've already had an episode on gun control it's just this is a very relevant issue right now and uh it's you know how there's like single voter issue or uh, single issue voters that vote for like um candidates who oppose abortion and that's it that's like a lot of trump supporters actually is people who are these one issue voters they vote for trump because he says that he does not support abortion and they don't and therefore they're going to vote for trump well i would consider being one of those single issue voters uh, in regards to gun control because that is like the biggest concern i think one of the biggest concerns of this country right now is 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 the legality of guns and uh, gun ownership, and especially when it comes to semi-automatic weapons. And, um, uh, also, by the way, in so, Japan... So, yeah, I, I say vote for those candidates that are going to oppose uh, the legal... Or no, they're gonna, that, they're that gonna, are going to they're support, gonna support uh, strong background checks for gun ownership and the illegality of semi-automatic and automatic weapons. I would say... Any support any candidate who's down for gun 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 reform, gun, reform, gun, gun control reform. Gun control reform. Um, also, by the way, in Japan, also going to be a Democrat most likely. By in the Japan, way. by the way, the gun laws are extremely strict, and you can face up to ten years in prison if you. So you're not even allowed to own a handgun, and you need a certificate to even t- or to fire a handgun. You need a certificate to even touch a handgun. And if you are caught doing that, you can serve up to 10 years if you don't even have that certificate. And also, there was something like, right, there was, in 2007, there were 22 homicides uh, uh, from guns in Japan. And by the way, there's, how many people in Japan? There are 122,800,000 people in Japan. So out of that, 22 homicides in 2007... And that was a national scandal because of that. By in contrast, in 2006, there were only like six or something like that. 
What about in the U.S.? How, I'm sorry, in 2006, there were two homicides. <laughs> how, how many homicides in, in the past year in the U.S.? Um, in 2006, by the way, in the U.S., there were 10,000... There were 10,225 homicides by firearms compared to the two in Japan. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? How many in 2017? By the way, there's How many in 2017? Or 2016 or whatever. That, that. 2016, 11,004. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I mean that's just kind of... One could argue the culture is different in Japan, which it is. They're, they're kind of are more respectful, actually, there in, in general. But, I mean, there's still crime, you know, but homicides by firearms, it's just staggering, that difference. Isn't that insane? I mean, just it's clear, uh, you know, by that. And, and same thing in, in Australia and the UK and in Canada where there are strict gun laws there as well. Uh, the amount of homicides by firearms compared to the U.S., it's just, the difference is just, it's insane. I mean, it's so huge. Um, anyway. Okay, anyway, uh Let's get uh, on to our main subject at hand. Um, age. Age. Um, Is it important? Well, I well, would say yes for certain things, such as owning a gun. Uh, age is important as well as, but mental, fa- you know, fac- your, if your mental faculties are intact. You know, I mean, there's a lot of factors to consider uh, when uh, owning, when allowing the ownership of a gun but um if one should even allow that should you know, allow i mean as we said I before don't, we I don't, don't think so. right. but you at the very least to. you i feel like you should be at least 21 um but i will I say that not even 21 i feel like to be honest i feel like you shouldn't be able to own a gun until you're like 25 maybe um maybe because, i mean it's kind of hard to say because you know it's it's a matter of someone's mental stability, you know, I think. Well, that's but it also thing. accounts for the immaturity level of, or maturity level of a person. Right, and, and that's that has to different. do with age in general is... Sort of. I mean, that's a kind it, of an around approximate thing. Sometimes you know? age is really a number in the sense that somebody can act so immature and be in their 30s, and somebody in their 20s uh, can act as mature or even more mature. So in that case... Is what you're saying that age doesn't matter then? Age is but a number. Age is but a number. And the age you are is how you feel actually on the inside or how you are on the inside, you know? And Nikki, you're saying the maturity level. Um, now let's talk no, about that saying, a little I'm bit more. I'm not saying you don't, you can't have childlike qualities. I mean, I certainly like to think that I will always have innocent childlike qualities and my sense of humor will always be immature. Well, uh, here's fact, the difference, to though. Me, for me, actually, I mean, if we really want really to get deep into it. I, let me just finish your st- on, on the, what you just said. You said, I'll, have, I'll always have some childlike qualities. Yeah, me too, in the sense that I feel like uh, we, can be, we are in touch with that young, youthful part of yourself. You know, there's a certain... It's not about... Um, being childlike, it's about being in touch with a certain part of you that uh, some people put walls up, you know. Uh, they put walls in front of them to not 
be able to uh, embrace embrace those uh, those qualities child. those qualities th- that you had that you had when you were younger that uh, aren't bad to you know that aren't a negative thing to have when you're older you know uh, there are certain enthusiastic qualities being very enthusiastic and passionate about things I feel like that in an unfiltered way you know the sort of uh, this sort of disregard of judgment, you know, that's something that's good to have when you're older, I think. And then we learn shame, which is not really a good thing. Um, now, uh, in, in terms of, in terms of positive things, you know, um, of course, when you're older, you should, I mean, you should be prudent, you know, and, and exercise some, uh, filtering quality, uh, when you're speaking, I suppose, and doing certain things, but, uh, I'm, I'm merely talking about certain positive aspects in life. Um, in addition, Nikki, um, you were talking about something else with each. Oh, I like immature humor, but I think I don't like, I, I realized this the other day in talking with a comedian friend, which was there's, there's some humor that I see out there now that people are embracing, but it's a bit too immature humor. In other words, it might be something that maybe an under 10 person would like that can be seemingly is seemingly kind of popular now, but I like the immature humor that is sort of like maybe when you're 13, I guess, you know, sort of like penis humor and stuff well, like no, that. That's not true. Although scatological humor can be very funny and any age, you I know, mean, immature humor, you know, we do a bit where we do these face, you know, essentially we do funny faces. That's true. Um, and that's, Basically, the that's an all humor. ages humor. It's an all ages humor. Now, the thing we talk about plastic surgery in that bit, and that ma- makes it automatically for a little bit more for older, older people, sure, who understand the concept of plastic surgery, right? Um, or in our case, the Olsen twins, right? Um, I guess, uh, but well, I, will but say I guess there's just certain the idea, certain the, things that I've seen recently. Funny faces, that's like the most immature thing you can do, and because it's. You know, that's and, something that a baby would actually enjoy. And I like that. Now, I know, guess there talking, are some things, though. That I, okay, I guess I take that with a grain of salt, what I just said. Then. I mean, we're talking about, you know... Age. A, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, like... What, the, yes? The, the kind of sense of humor you like at a certain ages and, and things like that. You know, I feel like I've, you know, since I turned 22 or whatever. I mean, I'm a lot older than that now. Uh, edit that out. Or I, edit that edit out. That out. Um, you have to edit this. For a long time now, I've I've had trouble connecting to the adult side of me in the sense that uh, I still want to connect very much with the child-like part of me or the innocent part of me. And... Uh, <laughs> and I don't, there's a dewy-eyed innocence, if you will. And I, I, I have a hard time, you know, accepting the idea of be, being an adult. Of change. Of, of not just, not change, but of being an adult. And so um, when I see somebody, see, I know this person, for example, he's my age and he has a wife and just him having a wife already ages him in some way you know and if he were to have a baby that would age him even more to me um 
I will say, though, I do have a friend who does have a wife and a baby and he still seems the same age as he ever did before. So yeah, I, I mean, also, our older brother has a, a friend like that who has kids that are, you know, preteens, teens, you know, and he's always kind of been immature, actually. In but a way. I do think that there's some, a, a level of adultness that being married gives you, you know, and... Right. Um, I don't want that yet, you know? Yeah, me neither. That just seems a There's little no too adult. There's no rush, you know? Yeah, that seems... I think people are too much in a rush to grow up, you know? Right. People are in a rush to grow up when you don't ever really need to grow up. Well, it's not just that. I mean, if you... If, if you, you are eventually going to grow, you know, you are going to... If you're going to grow a pair, then... Uh, actually, you know somebody that kind of seems like she's kind of retained? I, just based on interviews I've seen in her... Uh, and I like her for that. Is uh, she's kind of retained a certain youthfulness? Is uh, is Molly Molly Shannon? Act. Oh. Well, Sarah Silverman too, but Molly Shannon. Uh, she seems like she be, she's a fun mom to her children because she, she's down to joke around with them, you know, and do play, you know, truth or dare with them and stuff like that. And she genuinely. What's cool about it? She genuinely thinks it's fun for her too. Yeah, actually. she really seems like she'd be a cool mom, like a down to earth hip. Mom, not not just hip, you know, cool like trendy, but hip as in just genuine, genuine, you know, and and cool and sweet with your children. Um, now, so, but then, what does age a person? Well, I guess, well, I guess, let's talk about it from the physical standpoint. Obviously, well, I mean, hold on, we're not talking about what age is somebody. We're talking about if age matters. Okay, continue. Well, okay. So we know some people, ourselves included, who do not appear the age they actually are. We look a lot younger than our age, um, and uh, we know other people that do too. Wait, which is what, Nikki? I, I don't haven't know. said. I haven't said that. I, I mean, I, Max I, looks like he's you know fourteen years old. You know, uh, yeah. Um, now, physical form—it's just you it's know, a natural part of life. It's a natural part of life. You can't prevent it, and. I like, uh, would you say that, I mean, I know Max does like the idea of keeping your age mysterious and not and not being able to, or not giving somebody the uh, a, a good idea of how old you really are. Well, I guess I kind of like the idea of, uh, it's not about preserving the mystery, it's more about uh, me uh, not thinking, I don't want to impose... A certain uh, I don't want my age to impose a certain uh, th- certain thoughts uh, in some. I, I don't want that to invoke certain thoughts or provoke certain thoughts about. <laughs> let me let me repeat that. I don't want my age to provoke somebody into thinking uh, better or worse about me. I don't think that a my age should have any bearing on what people think about me. I think uh, my personality should, so, should do but, that. So when you look and at my somebody, physical appearance, When too. you look at somebody physically <laughs> and you guess an age, I think that is hard to do because um, you never know how old somebody really is but, based on the look. But sometimes here's, a thing, you can. here's the thing, though. Sometimes you can. Okay. But sometimes I will say there. if somebody starts talking to me, then they can better... Uh, surmise what my age is because they've gotten to know me a little bit better. Then they've gotten to know what my frame of reference is, i.e., uh, 
the 80s, 80s sitcoms and... Um, and 90s and sitcoms, 90s even, sitcoms. actually, nowadays. It's also uh, very hard to... And uh, so, although the 60s I really like a lot, too. Well, but, the, here's the thing, though. With that said, though, okay, let's say you happen upon a pretty girl and you might want to ask her out. Um, you kind of do want to... I mean, generally... Somebody who is a cer- of a certain age, let's say they're 18, have not gone through certain experiences maybe in life yet. And uh, well, what age am I? I don't know. Uh, have I gone through those, those experiences? I'm not sure. Yes, you have. Why, why can't you just say you've Shh. gone through experiences? Look, <laughs> you're not telling people how old you actually are, Max, but uh, wouldn't you rather people um, think that you're older uh, not based on your physical appearance. Um, I'm talking about based on your emotional appearance. Like, uh, I'd rather people think I was older because they would respect me more, you know? Well, whatever. That's another issue, actually, then. I don't think respect should be uh, associated with age, actually. I think respect should be associated... I think pe- the reason respect is is associated with age generally is because generally when you're older, you have gone through more life experience. Um, and therefore you, you demand, you get more respect for that. However, uh, is that something to be respected? I think there should be, everyone should be treated in a respectful manner, but I guess, uh, there's something you look up to maybe a little bit more, or you, you, heed one's advice that is older, I guess, because they have gone through experiences. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, though, those experiences were fruitful, uh, and if never, and they also may not have been positive experiences, and they may not also be um, experiences that other people can learn from either. To, you know, so it depends on the person, I guess. Um, but, okay, let me, back to my original point. If you should happen upon a pretty girl and... Happen to see the most beautiful Oh my god, shut up. Um, Anyway, if you happen upon a pretty girl... To meet the most beautiful girl. And she happens to appear uh, maybe mature enough... uh, Physically. Physically and emotionally and and personality-wise. And then you thought, you think, oh, this is somebody that I could potentially date. And then you find out her age is maybe significantly younger than you, or maybe as of an age that may normally seem to be too young for you, uh, even though it's maybe uh, an age that is uh, considered legal maybe in this country. Uh, that, does that have an effect on your decision whether or not to try and date that person. Yes. And why is that? Because I know that that person hasn't experienced life. Uh, you know, there, right. there's something to be said about experience. Um, and say I were in a position where I wanted to um, maintain a long-lasting relationship with a significant other, and they happen to be a lot younger, I, I would feel like I'm robbing them of 
of years of experience like that they could potentially have. And I feel like I'd want them to go through life as an individual, a single for a while before they commit to any serious long-term relationship because uh, I feel like that's important to have in life. Right, right, right. No, I agree. But let me ask you this then. Would you be robbing that person of something if your relationship, if you were trying to have a relationship that wasn't maybe long-term and that person was not trying to have a long-term relationship? Well, then I guess anything is fair game at that point. You know, it doesn't really matter, you know? I suppose. But however, there is something, I don't know, it sounds, uh, you know, the age still somehow, knowing that age does have, it does play a factor, I guess, because, I don't know, somehow, you know, if you're older, I kind of feel like I'd be taking advantage still, you know, somehow, you know, in a weird way, right? I guess, I don't know. Um, I guess not. I will say this. No, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, we watched that movie... um, Call me by your Call name. Call me by your name. You know, it's between two. It's a, there's a relationship that blossoms between a uh, 24 year old and a 17 year old. And but the 17 year old is kind of somewhat the first to make a, a strong move, actually, right toward pursuing a relationship. So he's not taking it. You know, it's not like the 24 year old is 24 year old is taking advantage of the 17 year old, and it's something that they both want. Right. Um, I guess you know. It, it's an interesting thing, though. That, I guess I, that's the one thing could argue is once is, there, is there an age at, at which, which point you feel like somebody is is, is emotionally older, mature enough to make, to make their, their own, own decision, and ma- and that's and, why the voting age is eighteen. But I would argue, you know, I was listening to this, uh, I guess Bill Maher talking about this uh, the other night, which is uh, he was saying that, or no, not Bill Maher, but one of his guests said that, you know, maybe we should allow younger people to vote like high school students because you know could we could things be any worse at this point right it's clearly like the they, people voting that are older don't know how to make the right and decisions. they're single there's a lot of single issue of issue voters out there uh, who voted for trump and um based on the idea that trump was a quote-unquote pro pro uh pro-life candidate uh-huh. even though he wasn't in the past but um, and so a lot of voters voted for him just because of that, and that's a very immature way of voting. Right, but and even said- if they were old enough, they they might have been in their you know middle ages. You know, they might have been from the middle ages. They might have been from the middle ages. <laughs> at which point, they don't even understand the machinations of our political system. The machinations? What are you from the middle ages over here? Now, in any event. However, no, I, I mean, will but, say though, but I, I, I will say though, I do see videos and things like that often of, of college students, and and they think they're intelligent, and you think, oh, they are mature enough to make these informed decisions, but really, they just are entitled, and and they're uh, they really truly haven't experienced the world yet, and that is that does have a bearing, I gotta say, Nikki, on on making you know, crucial decisions about life. You know? Sure, yeah, I mean, does. that is a, an interesting thing. It, it's but just, they, they don't just, really, they're just so, But in trying to be, it's not in trying to, to be uh, 
<laughs> in, intelligent and making intellectual decisions. They're in fact, uh, their ideas are a bit sophomoric, actually. You know, I mean, yeah, but as and and that's up, and overly oh, but it's maybe to, overly sensitive too. You know, but it's, I mean? it's up to them to make those decisions, those kinds of decisions, in order to grow. So true. Perhaps, I guess at that time it's, you it's, are old enough to make decisions, right? Maybe. Right, and so it's whether or not those are wrong, though, especially you know? if you're, I guess. I mean, we've decided as a social, you know, as a society, the the way this man-made society that eighteen is the age at which point you are smart enough. It's the age of consent. It's also the age of voting. It's the age, the age where you're smart enough to make adult decisions. Right, right, um, right. And that's an interesting idea because but we that's do not make, that's we do not make that's not the way decisions. it is throughout the world. But people you know? make adult decisions before that. Um, right. I think you know. When you're in high school, you know that that's a part of adolescence. And once you've kind of gone through puberty, you really have your mind has matured to a point where you can make decisions on your own. Um, and you know you might end up regretting them later, but it's going to allow you to grow. You know, I mean, right? So I don't know. It really is sort of a case by case scenario kind of a thing. And I guess, uh, you know. It, so here's another thing about it, though, by the way. I think as you get older, though, yeah, so you could be actually just very emotionally mature, too, at 18, you know? Um, and in which case, I think, you know, uh, you, know, you Nikki, you say, well, I think you should go through experiences being single and learning to navigate the world in- independently, um, but you could also be in a relationship with somebody and it could not be that serious, or you could also be in a very non-codependent relationship with somebody that can be serious, but you, that person might allow you to navigate the world in an independent way. You know, I'll give you an example is, I mean, example it is a little bit so boring, right? I now. mean, it is kind of a weird thing to think of at this time point, but I mean, this is so long ago. I mean, one wonders if that would be frowned down upon nowadays, and some might think that, you know. But Humphrey Bogart, who was what maybe in his forties, right, when he married Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall was like twenty when he got she got married to him, but he did allow her, you know, oftentimes to stay stay out late with other people, and he gave her that trust, um, even though he would just go home or he would just go retire to bed or something like that. And he felt like, well, she needs to have these experiences, you know, um, but yet they still loved each other anyway. Um, so I don't know. It's a, it's a case-by-case scenario, you know. Now, does it look weird when, like, somebody goes out with somebody significantly older than them? Yeah, well, it does. It I, looks weird, on, I gotta I, it say. It does seem weird. However, I will say, though, as you get older, even though, th- let's say you're... 18 to 20, like if it was an 18-year-old going out with a 28-year-old, that seems weirder than a 28-year-old going out with a 38-year-old. You know or, what I mean? As you get older, which seems age, gaps, weird than age gaps become less significant, you know? But I will say, like, you know, would I personally want to go out with somebody that much younger than me? Probably not, because my frame of, frame of reference, unless they're like me, the, their frame of reference is going to be so different from mine. I mean, I already like older things than, you know, older things than I am, you know? Like, 
things from the 80s. Sure, know, but from, what if that person, what if that person you know? has, for some reason, has that same frame well, of then reference? That's fine, but it, it's a very rare thing that that would happen. You know. Well, but hold on. Even Here's like, an. I'm, I'm finding we're finding out that younger people don't even know about the movie Hook. Which is something that we, we grew up with. Okay, and but like that's like okay, but listen here, we know crazy. somebody that's close to us that uh, dated somebody that was ten years younger, but uh, and her frame of reference was different than his, uh, but yet they were very similar in many ways, though. Nevertheless, you know. But she was young still. She still seemed young in in ways. Right, you know? but the relationship didn't seem it, it didn't seem weird though. You know what I'm saying? You're saying your argument before was that it does seem weird, but that they were both. I as I said before, as you get older, the age gap does does it seem weird as Mind weird? The gap. You know, it doesn't seem as weird. So I feel like they were both old enough. That that you know maybe the age gap didn't seem as weird you know at that point I guess so, um, or it didn't seem it didn't seem weird you know, but what does seem weird is when there's that much of an age gap, there's always going to be more. I feel like the older person is always going to have more of an authoritative quality over the younger person, and that um, I feel like it would be. It's almost like a teacher-student relationship in that sense. I mean, not quite, but I feel like the younger person would have a lot more to learn from the older person than vice versa, you know? What if it's sort of like a sexy teacher-student relationship? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, in, I feel like in a healthy relationship, you'd, you'd learn from you're your learning from each other. You learn from each other equally, actually, you know? Right, but that's... Unless you're okay, looking for something that's different. That's a different... Yes, yeah, so I guess the whole subject we're talking about is age, but the the point I w- we were making before was the weirdness. It seems from it, yeah, that but, doesn't seem weird. That, but, but that does seem to be okay. Clearly, age here, does matter. Here in that is sense, where you know? age is but a number. I'll give you an example. Um, I was talking to this was our senior year of college. Uh, I was visiting some friends in Santa Barbara, um, and I went to like some hangout or a party or something like that, and. The movie Requiem for a Dream was on, and um, the movie Requiem for a Dream was on, and uh, I mentioned that Jennifer Colin Connolly, uh, she's very beautiful, and I remember I mentioned in the movie Labyrinth she was very beautiful, and this girl who was very young looking, she said, "Wasn't Jennifer Connolly like sixteen at the time?" I'm like. Well, you know, she was very beautiful at, at that time, you know? And um, so, uh, but what was interesting was that this girl who said, you know, was kind of saying, like, that's weird of you for saying that a 16-year-old looks beautiful. I thought that this girl looked really young for her age, and right. she looked younger than Jennifer Connelly did in that movie, uh-huh. even though this girl that was accusing me... Uh, was 21 or or 22 years old. And so I thought, well, if you are, I would say, look less developed physically than somebody who is actually younger than you, in that case, isn't age kind of just a number, you know? I mean, if you were just going based on just looks, you know? 
Right. It, it's well, a weird I, thing. You I know? guess. Well, she is going based on just looks in that case. But I think in that sense that, you know, unless they look like a child straight up, then like, well, I mean, if it's just going on looks like, you know, some people have, you know, what's her name from the this late 60s? Uh, what's her name? The big fan fashion model. Twiggy. Twiggy. She looked childlike in a way. And that was all the rage back then, you know? Um, I mean, you know, I, so it's I'm, all, it's, it's, you know, sometimes uh, what, I see, what makes that, what makes thinking somebody's beautiful that has a youthful look is, why is that, is that inherently wrong? Sometimes I, I mean, see I don't know. people, you know, I, girls, it all has to do with emotional, if it has to do with guys, emotional some, maturity, sometimes you know? I see girls and guys who look straight up like they're teenagers, but they actually are, you know, maybe 30 years old or something like that. And you're talking about me? N- well, not just you, but I'm talking about even girls I see. And I'm like, wow, uh, I mean, what if this person could easily be like 15 years old, but this she's actually 30, so it makes okay for a friend to go out with her or something like that. Oh, I knew you this know? person. It, it, it's like, it's an interesting concept to think about where it's like, oh, if if her age was different, it would be weird. But... Because her age is, be, but her physical form remains young still. You know, like if her, if you yes, change yes, I got form, it. it. It's like it, it almost makes the age arbitrary in a way. You know, right? I, I guess the the, well, only, but the, the factor that makes it not arbitrary is, is the emotional part of factor. it. That's what I'm trying to say. That's, That's what I'm trying to say. But I will say that, you know. Uh, now, for instance, was it weird? What? What? But, now that we think about like, in the '90s, Jerry Seinfeld dated a 17-year-old, or when they met, they were set. She was 17, and he was significantly older than her, like probably over 20 years older than her. I mean, I, I kind of think that is a little weird, actually. But maybe she was mature, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, there is, and we don't we don't talk about that now. I mean, uh. But, I guess the thing but is, I think the, and something, I think something I mean, you said I, about experience, and that's the truth of the that matter. That is true, but you know, as the, the way Bill Maher was putting it, you know, in when he was talking about it, is humans are complex. You know, we're making it out to seem that everyone is. Uh, it, it's all a black and white issue. It's that uh, you know. Uh, you know, we're just making it out to seem like a back, black and white issue when, in fact. Yeah, humans are complex. Um, as people, we have said people on can, many subjects, people can have relationships. As we have said on many episodes, everything is gray. You yeah, know, and, and it, there's it's no black of, and white issue. And and except for actually, in my opinion, gun gun control is somewhat of a black and white issue. We just just illegalize all guns. Actually, that's but that's me. You know, that's what I think. But I guess there is gray there in in the sense that not everybody agrees with me, but. Um, I, I do look at that but as a black I, I and white issue. When it comes to life and death, yes, uh, there is a black, right. black and white. But, but every for everything else, there's, there's MasterCard. MasterCard. Um, uh, but know, for actually, everything else, here's the thing. Gray. Yeah, it's, gray it's issues. just, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting. You know, people, uh, you know, it's just that's part of human experiences. Also, you know, you learn, actually. You know, that's just, it's all about learning, really, you know. Um and also, sometimes people, you know, a friend was telling me uh, that she uh, 
I think she had a relationship with somebody that was older than her when she was younger um, that for some people it might seem weird, but she felt for herself that that person provided her with an experience that she was able to learn from uh, in, in a very loving way, actually, and taught her a lot of things uh, about herself, you know, and she found that to be a very enlightening experience, you know? Well, so, I knew a girl. So it's went- just, it's very, you know, for, for people, it's, it's a different thing, you know? And I think it has to do with, I, I think what it comes down to is consent, you know? And, um, and I think, you know, if somebody has reached a certain age that, uh, a certain emotional maturity, and I guess the reason 18 is chosen is because, you know, generally, I guess people think of them as, you know, they they've are are kind of done with puberty at that, or they're kind of done with maturing at that point. Even though you're still growing, actually, even later, till later, right. I suppose. Uh, but you know, there's a certain, uh, I guess, for some reason or other, we've decided. Well, that's an age where we think, you know, you enter college, you leave home. Uh, I don't know. It, it almost that almost seems arbitrary in a way. Um, you know, if you think about it, that you know. Oh my Jews, God! Come on, dude. Jews think of you becoming an adult or a man or a woman when you're 13. Now that is too young, but uh, okay. No, I have an example of something happened to me, I, and I'm only mentioning it because it's a funny anecdote that uh, just I, I hope our audience will laugh at at uh, while they're listening. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I was uh, I was with some friends. They were all girls who I who with whom I was. Isn't that weird to say? I was with girls. They were all girls with whom I was. Um, uh, does that sound? Is that correct? I don't know how else we say it. Anyway, they were all we girls. Were, we, were, we were with whom I with. Well, whom, you probably wouldn't say phrase it like that. You, know, you would say I all, was with all girls. I was with all girls at this time. There were three girls and me, and we were walking through this. Uh, they were friends of mine. We were walking through this vintage clothing, you know, market, basically. And it was a large market in San Francisco. And we kept passing by this one stand, which was manned by uh, a pretty young girl. She looked, in my opinion, she appeared to be very mature, and she dressed very nicely. Um, and she carried herself in such a way that was attractive and mature and uh so i thought should i ask this girl out and even my friends who were girls they were goading me on and were telling me you should go ask her and uh you know i was like what do i say i don't even know this girl and you know in in the past i had asked out girls randomly who i didn't know beforehand but i just worked at the courage and did in a polite non-creepy manner and uh, try to be as charming as possible. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I just thought, you know, maybe I should just do it. And, uh, you know, they were kind of coaching me how to, how I should go about it. Yeah. And eventually I just went up to this girl and was like, you know, I know, uh, you know, hey, how's it going? I'm Nikki. And I asked her name. And I was like, hey, I just, uh, you know, I, I hope this doesn't seem, seem too forward, but I'd uh, love to take you out for a cup of coffee sometime. That's okay with you. And... The girl who appeared very mature and yes. dressed very well, she said, I'm 16. So I was like, oh, okay, well, never mind then. Okay, bye. And 
my friends who had been egging me on led me in down a road where I eventually had egg on my face. Um, Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Pretty younger. What the hell are you singing? You're much too younger. You don't know that song? What's that from? It's by um, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, I believe. Who cares? Anyway, um, so kind of a weird song if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, it's about this guy. Anyway, He's got this young girl on his mind. This it's girl weird, who seemingly looked old enough. You know, she looked like she was in her 20s. She was dressed very well, very mature beyond her years. Ended up being only 16, and it made me... It, it was a weird situation, and I. it was also kind of a funny story. And, you know, I did not pursue the interaction further after that. Um, and so... But, you know, based on, on... Without knowing any more details other than her physical appearance, one would think she was older than 18 years old. And it was okay to ask her out when, in fact, according to the laws set in motion by, uh, yes, you know, our, our forefathers or whatever, no, not forefathers, but whatever the laws were back when these laws were made, um, you know, it is a weird thing and we can't, we're not allowed to, you know. Well, it's we kind of society influencing us. However, we can't I, go on, uh, go go out with somebody younger than eighteen years old. Or one can, but you can't. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what the you know. I legal. I, I don't, I'm not even sure exactly what the legalities everything. Right. Are. I knew but somebody. It, it I, we knew this me, guy that was when we were in high school. This there was a student that was old, like a year older than us, who was 16, but she was going out with a guy that was 24. I mean, that was kind of weird in a way. Although she did kind of seem like a mature. student person but, but i will say here's the thing though you know when we went on our we went on uh, this israel trip and nikki and i were the oldest ones there um it was we were 26 and there were a lot of just like college students and people that just graduated high school and i will say they all seem very young to me and i wouldn't ever it, it kind of made me think though also at the same time as you know nikki's establishing a, a certain point with that story but to me, though, also at the same time, you know, all of them did seem very young and have a certain immaturity sure. about them because well, they hadn't experienced living in the real I world. I will say, uh, there's there a lot to be something gained. That, and, and even that, not just, even just even that had there was an um, an emotional immaturity about not, them because not, of that not too. About, you know? I don't know. I think from the ages of eighteen to twenty-two, maybe college, the most common college years is when you really do gain a lot of experience um, living on your own for the first time and, right. um, and just that interacting with other adults and um, just not having uh, the authority of your parents uh, hovering over you uh, constantly from day, uh, on a daily basis. I think you really learn to live on your own, and that alone kind of matures you in an emotional kind of way. Right. And... Uh, but so, you know, it's a case by case scenario, and also, you some know, some people when, live on with their parents even throughout college. So you know, who knows? You know, but and also, you that. know, you know, of course, you are going to develop. You always grow emotionally. You know, you're always maturing in some way or another. You're always sort maturing of. physically too, as we've seen with Max. And well, in the, in, I don't know about in, maturing as we've seen with Max in over the past decade. Well, one could say that after. I mean, I'm you know after I mean, if you get my meaning. Yeah. Okay. 
after puberty, though, you are actually, you are constantly in a state of dying, actually. You know, that's an interesting thought. You know, well, aren't we really in a constant state of dying from the moment of birth? No, I wouldn't say that. I know that is what his people say, but you're actually developing, though, from your when you're born. But after puberty, you actually then, I feel, no, are actually then dying. But I think you have to look at it more of a philosophically, Max, that as you're, the moment you're born, the closer you get to, to death. Yes, but from, I'm thinking of it in an actual scientific way, which is that you are actually developing and you actually are growing and you're, you're becoming uh, more lifelike, I guess. And no, I don't know. Um, no, you are still developing. And I think, you know, uh, when you finish developing, then you're in a constant state but of I would argue dying, that you know? when, as you even get older at past puberty, you are still developing, scientifically speaking. You are? Yeah. I mean, you kind of grow into yourself, you know? Like, no, but I'm talking about your cells start breaking down, actually, you know? Uh, I think. I mean, maybe I'm just kind of pulling this out of my butt, but I think that's what happens. Um, you know, but in any event, uh, you know, I guess what it comes down to it, it's a case-by-case scenario on Age that situation. Age is a complicated but thing. That's, no, we're just talking about dating, by but, the way, just now. I mean, but now here's, are, a, here's a, um, another thing to consider. Uh, the legal age to drink. It's 21 right now. I guess that's fine. Personally, I don't think people should be drinking. I mean, I don't like the idea of drinking in general. Um, if you want to, I I guess 21 is fine. Although, oh, I mean, I guess what's, at that point, what's the point of even having a legal age? I think it should be 18, actually, because... Um, actually, well, here's what I think. It used to be 18. I, I think it's just because... Co- you know, college students, they're going to drink anyway. Right. And um, so, you know, what's the point? You know, why I make feel it, like it, why I feel add like it at, why add a certain... A stigma. Well, no, well, yeah, why add a stigma to it? That actually just makes it worse. And also, why add a sense of illegality? Why add this obstacle? When, when there's no obstacle, it makes, I think... Well, the stigma at makes it more appealing to them. I think, but and I, also the obstacle. No, but it's not just that. So what is the obstacle? Well, why make it? Uh, why impose a certain uh, restriction? Well, just a, a restriction where if they break that restriction, uh, there could be some sort of penalty. Why create that whole situation? That's just a waste of money and time. No, and- that's not what I'm saying, though. I'm saying uh, if you. If there is this obstacle, and then they're going to want to overcome the obstacle. But if there is no obstacle for them to overcome, then their their desire to want to drink even during college years is not going to be as great. And so they Mickey, might. I already said that. that by you the you stigma. didn't say. You didn't I said. Say, you didn't say it. You I said, said if there's that. no stigma, then there there wouldn't be a desire to. You didn't say that. You didn't say that. You didn't say that. Because so, so you know, they they you would actually I think subsequently see less alcohol use in colleges and uh, perhaps less causes of drunk driving and, and or causes of deaths due to drunk driving. Yeah, also, um, be, and for that reason, well, I don't know. It's an interesting thing that we do. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I actually people, think that, I, I think I said this before, but pe- uh, we did earlier on in the podcast irris- about, you know, being it, when you're driving in your car, there should be 
mandatory that right. breathalyzer but thing. People you know, are irresponsible. That starts the car. People are irresponsible where they're drinking at any at any age. It seems. And so, right, it's true. People are irresponsible at 21. any age. At any age, I mean, I, I see so these, many I, adults. Actually, the other night, think I saw they these, these, kid, these kids. They were, you know, they were working and living in the real world, but they were in their twenties. They're in their mid twenties, and they just their goal for the whole night was to drink as much as possible. I thought, God, how unfun that seems. Like, what's the point of that? That doesn't seem fun to me personally. Like, I don't see that. Okay. But maybe it is for some fun for some people. I don't know, but. Uh, the point is, like, they're acting yes. just as, you know, at the same sort of emotional maturity as a 19-year-old would or, or something like that, you know? Well, basically, people feel, for some reason or other, that they can act immature or, for some reason, they feel the only way that they can be in touch with sort of a youthful side of them is through alcohol when in fact, that's not what they need. They, if they just truly are genuine and real with themselves, then they can reach that uh, that that same uh, idea about themselves. They can reach that uh, that goal uh, within them. You know, if they are just truly uninhibited. If you are truly uninhibited, then you don't need a catalyst to make you uninhibited. And, but you and know? if you do feel like you can't become, if you can't throw your inhibitions to the wayside without the influence of alcohol, then perhaps you should seek counseling. Nikki, as I've said always say that. No, it's true. I, I feel like if you need well, that's alcohol, true, though, actually. if you do need alcohol, though, to overcome any sort of hang-ups, timid, timid quality about yourself. Or hang-ups about, your, hang about yourself. You I know? think you should seek other kind of uh, more practical ways of of uh, of overcoming that, you know, I mean, like, the, you shouldn't use alcohol as some sort of medication, you know. Um, well, you shouldn't use that. alcohol to try and reach some sort of state of because truer self. Alcohol you know? is poison, but I I don't want to become too preachy with this this podcast episode, right? Uh, because we talked about alcohol in the past, right? But um, well, anyway, but the so point. The age- no, 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 no. The, uh, so. <sighs> You, you've been talking a lot during this podcast, just to let you know. You've been talking way more than I have. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, the... Uh, yeah, so like this this idea of a an age limit, it's it's weird. I, like, it's, it's the same idea about marijuana uh, not being legal in certain states, and I think it should be a countrywide thing because... You know, I think yes. When it's made legal, more people would not want to use it as much, and there would be less crime involved in it. And now this is a whole thing, separate issue. You know, just considering this marijuana. is a separate issue. I mean, but come on, you're I will say something. this though. I do think that perhaps here's here's my reasoning. Actually, why I actually think maybe 21 is a good age. I'm going back on what I just said actually earlier. Okay, 21 is a good age. Uh, for alcohol and I think cigarettes too and marijuana okay, to why? be legal because I think by 21 I feel like the percentage of people who have finished puberty is is probably 99% it's probably most people and maybe not quite everybody but almost everybody has finished puberty by then Okay, and I don't like the idea of uh, 
alcohol or uh, marijuana or any other drug messing with the, the developing, developing mind. mind. Yes. Okay. I was going to, if you had allowed me, I was going to talk about this. And so now we, I, we don't I actually know think though, in, I, I actually really truly though, I think you, I, certain boys actually don't finish developing until their mid twenties. Actually, even Jack Black was saying this kind of a thing on this episode of getting Doug with high. That's what it's called, right? Yes. Um, it's a podcast, uh, where Doug, uh, Doug Benson, smokes weed with uh, some famous people, basically. And Jack Black hadn't smoked weed in a while, and he didn't really quite want to do it, but he just, he did, and he got really weird, actually. But in any event, he was saying, Jack Black was saying that he felt that he he regretted having smoked that much weed when he was younger. He's like, look, if you're 26 and above, that's cool, you know, but your mind is still developing, you know, at and before that. And he's right. You don't want to mess. You only have one mind, you know. And why, me- yeah, why mess kids, with it? It's a very fragile thing. Kids, but yet, it's also the strongest muscle in your body. Um, or it's the most powerful. And but yet, it's very sensitive. I feel, and I feel, it, it's. I just wouldn't want to tamper with that. If you really, I guess that comes with you know a certain amount of self esteem, you know. But kids, uh, uh, they I smoke, just feel like kids what smoke. makes you unique. What makes you you is really your mind. And I feel like when you tamper with it or you continually tampering with it, you make yourself less unique. Especially you know? during your developmental years. Right. Um, and after that, see, though, you, you know. And a lot of kids, they should start, start smoking marijuana when they're like in 13 or 14. And, sure. Uh, yeah, that's really when you're kind of Developing the, developing the most. The most. It's, well, I, I mean, I, maybe not. Yeah. I feel so. like, why would you want to affect that? You know I mean? And, but kids don't know any better. And so they're going to do it anyway. I mean, I, I think partially what the reason why kids do uh, smoke or drink when they're. It's a sense of rebellion. Well, no, not a sense of rebellion. It's a sense of. It is. Uh, no, that's not what I was going to say. I think it's more of a sense that they are bored and they have nothing else to do. So they do that because really they're too young to go out to clubs or whatever. But what or about like, playing video games even and they're, stuff? They're, they're too young to go out to even music, a lot of music venues. I mean, you know. That's although, what's cool about Gilman Street in Berkeley, by the way. It's all ages, you know. Which is cool. Although I will say we, we were, you know, you could go to like the Troubadour in Los Angeles, you know, or you... You, could you go, can go. You can go to jazz clubs, maybe. Yeah, you could go to jazz clubs. We did, but I mean, I will say though, even in the middle of America, like a lot of kids are not afforded those opportunities, and I think out of boredom, this is why they do drink or maybe you're right, do drugs uh, while they're teenagers because they don't, they feel like they don't have anything else to do, so they they're like, well, why not try this? Now I feel like so. Then what do you say to that, Nikki? I say. It's a complicated issue, but I do feel like, you know, be more creative then, you know, find, I'm sure even in the middle of America, you could be more creative. Um, there's nature, wherever there's nature, there's possibility, I feel like, you know, well, I mean, I, and maybe you just, they just, but, but maybe they're just longing to get out of that place, you know. If we gotta to get, get out of this and place. And you know, this, I, I guess if I'll, it's the last Max, thing please, we please, you're being do. annoying right now. Um... I guess I'll never understand that unique perspective because I'm of the unique perspective of having grown up in a big city. Um, 
Also with and with, I've, also I've, with, I've never lived in a small town before. I've only lived in big cities. Also, um, you are also had parents that weren't overbearing on on uh, you know drug use and things like well, that. The know? reason for that was that because is we never got into it in the first place. We 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 never got into drugs or alcohol. And I that, know, but that I was, think that's they weren't why they ever, weren't overbearing. They weren't ever. They weren't ever like. Well, now they weren't. Over, they never they were overbearing over, and strict about. To begin with, though, no, about I that, know, you know, but that's I mean. because I don't think they ever had to worry about us. Like, no, I, I, think, I just no, but also I, they weren't still, over, they weren't overbearing uh, because they weren't religious either. Like our parents didn't grow. Uh, I you know, know, but we never went to I church think, or but temple. Nikki, a at lot all, of you know? you're I mean, saying you're saying because they don't you don't think they had to worry about us. Maybe that's so, but I don't. I still don't think. You know, most well. Then again, our, our sister did get involved a little bit with that. You know, and she, I guess she had some sort of rebellious and stage, or and she's younger. she did. I mean, there were and there were consequences. You know, I think I know, just, but the, even still, they weren't like no. I think the reason they is, appropriately handled it. I you know, know, but the the reason is Max is because we have we were very studious from a very young age from the since I, know, I would say we got very studious but from that, the time we were just, si- just cuz you're studious since, since we were 6th six, six grade just cuz you're studious doesn't mean you don't do drugs yeah i know but the, the i think the point was that well they're doing well in school so even if they were doing things uh, you know that we didn't know about it's not affecting them such that they are slackers and they're not doing well. You know, I don't think I, I don't think our dad was really paying attention to that kind of a thing. He's, I mean, you know, just I feel that, especially our dad. I don't think we was they just didn't have that overbearing mentality know, but, with regards to that. I know overbearing on some maybe think, some other issues. Maybe. I know, but I, I, I think it's ultimately because I think they knew us well enough that. We wouldn't do those kinds of things, you know? Partially that, but I think also, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there was just a certain trust, you know? Yeah, maybe you're right. I think they could just had there was this, had a sense of trust in us, you know? Maybe. It's like, uh, yeah, just we weren't, we're, we were good boys, you no, know? No, it's, well, also, I just never felt the need to rebel, you know, against them. Uh, maybe, maybe in other ways. I have against, felt maybe I ha- other ways I, against my dad, but I, right. I have felt the need to rebel against societal nor- societal norms, right? And because uh, that's and where- against conformity, and that is where my sort of straight. I mean, that is partially uh, my straight edgedness uh, comes from comes from, or partially owed is owed. Sorry, <sighs> my straight edgedness. Uh, wait. wait. Oh, oh my god! Again? My straight edginess. Uh, my my. my it's not straight edginess. My it would be teetotaling or sobriety uh, can be owed to the idea of rebelling against conformity. You know, and I, partially that is a reason because there's something innate inside of me. There's just something inside of me that's always been there that has somewhat of a disgust, an uh, an opposite, a natural innate op- opposition toward trendiness and toward conformity and towards conformity and so i see that everybody else does drinks and you know drinks alcohol and and things like that any every kind of person does and so it is only natural for me to want to rebel against that um because i hate the idea of, and it's it's not like i'm doing it 
for the sake of doing, trying to be different or pr- trying to be unique, it is just the, actually the way I feel that I hate well, doing what everybody else is about, doing. I hate doing what everybody else is doing. There is something about conformity that leads to uh, the lack of individuality. And, and I feel like the that, age, when, and, as you get older, you understand. Let me finish. Older, can I finish my statement? I know, okay, but are you going to read the stage? And with the result of that, the consequences are the, of that just conformity. redundant, what you just said. What? The result of that, the consequences? What does that mean? I'm not finished. Uh, the consequences of such conformity could lead to terrible things, such as totalitarianism or you know, dictatorships. Anyway. No. I know I'm being drastic, what obviously. I wanted, what I wanted you know. to say was that, um, you know, conformity is an immature thing, I think. And as you get older, perhaps you learn to find yourself and you find who you truly are, your, your, your new uniqueosity, and you learn that you don't need to conform um, if you don't want to, and you just do what you feel is right, uh, and you you fall less under not just peer pressure, but the pressure of, of society, societal norms. And I think that generally think, when you're older, you, you become so, more of an individual. Um, in that sense, age is a very interesting thing, and I do think that perhaps somebody hasn't aged or matured completely until they have reached some level of self-actualization. Now, if that has ever obtained, I do not know. But I do think that once you've realized that, hey, yes. you are special, as, as Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers says, you are special and nobody else is like you. And so once you've realized that those qualities about yourself that are special... I think you still have some maturing to do and some aging to do, and uh, but what so it, sometimes people age never... is in in that sense age is but a number because sometimes people never reach that level of actualization self actualization. Some people times people re, uh, realize that early on, earlier on than um, others, you know. Right, but and, sometimes you realize that early on, and then later on life beats you down and you maybe you start to think or maybe i am not special. or life changes you not not beats you down i like to think optimistically about it life doesn't beat you down i'm not li- saying personally li- i'm saying life maybe for well, other it sounded people. like personally but i'm not life, saying that life i'm just saying not beats you down but rather life just you know throws different occurrences and events at you and you deal with it in certain situations and certain in a certain manner that changes who you are, but I'd like to think that there is always that bit about you that has always remained constant, even from when you were a child. You know, sure. How you um, know, I like you know our friend oh, uh, God, Jack it, once commented. Jeez, Louise, our once, our can friend, you just like let me have a word in for once, just before friend, you finish? Can I just fr- say one thing? Can I say uh, one thing? Just I, I wanted to finish the thought. Our friend Jack once uh, told us after we had come back from studying abroad. Yes, um, that he's like. You know, you guys, for having studied abroad and traveled around the world and uh, done all these things, you guys are still pretty much the same people we knew. I knew in, in high school. 
and he's and I took that even though we 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 dress differently we in you know our viewpoints on certain things are different I feel like the essence of who we are hasn't changed and I like that sure like but that. was he complimenting us in that um I think it was more of an observation I didn't think it was to be taken negatively or positively I don't know though at the same time to be honest for me I don't think I was completely as open about who I am in front of when I was in high school, actually. I feel like I I personally did know who I was, uh, and maybe around certain people I was more open about being myself, but maybe around those guys I wasn't as open about truly being myself, you know? Well, Because they were older, I felt maybe a little more timid. Um, no, but... I always deeply, de- okay. deep down, maybe knew who I was in a way, but uh, I think... Uh, you know, definitely in college, I felt like I, I felt a little more fearless. In well, that sense, you know? I felt like I was actually when I was in high school, I was less open minded um, to different things. Well, you're always changing, but there is a certain quality. You know, that you I will say, though, it's interesting. I feel like in, in concerning drugs and alcohol, I was very close minded in ninth grade at the start of high school. And I didn't like the idea of anybody doing it. Yes. And then as I got older, I became more accepting of other people doing it, not myself doing it, but of other people doing it. But even as I got older to the point I am at now, I'm again opposed to alcohol use and drug use. And I I don't, uh, while I accept that it's a, it's just the nature of the world and people are going to do it, I don't like the idea of people doing it. And... Uh, in very much the same way as uh, I was in ninth grade. I, there are certain people when I find out that if they, they do drugs or they <sighs> drink alcohol, it, it saddens me a little bit. It makes me sad, you know? Well, I, see I them don't in know. A different light. I guess you do, but I, I, I guess it saddens you because you see change. And there is something to sad about seeing change, I suppose. Oh, it know? is. Change is sad. Well, it's change, not just that. It's just, age. it's just, it's not just change, but it's sad to see, uh, innocence turn into non-innocence anymore you know there's something just well that's just a sad thing you know it's sad to see change um you know our sister got married recently and part of me felt sad about that because oh come on let's get real it's the same deal as i know but before that here's the thing is like you know she's at an age where it's totally understandable for her to get married um but the idea of her getting married does bring upon, upon this extra weight of, of adultness and uh, being an adult. And for me, that means growing up and, and changing. And uh, I don't, something rubs me the wrong way. It saddens me a little bit to see somebody. Okay, uh, man, you went over this already. Childlike uh, innocence, you know? And it truly, when somebody has a, a baby, a child, that. I guess age in that sense is really not a number. I mean, but rather a state of being. You know, once you become a parent, your age, no matter what the number is, you become, you become a man a, or a woman. You become an adult. You become you, an because adult. Because you're forced to have to. You have to. Because you, have you, to. you can't be a kid anymore because you, you, you have to take care of a kid. That said, now we me, know some people uh, who have kids that are still very immature and they do act like Can I say one thing, though? We talked about this earlier. You were talking about drugs. I just want to clarify, though, by the way, uh, when Nikki mentioned something, 
he's speaking for himself on certain things where he's speaking for himself most of the time. And when I'm mentioning some things, I'm speaking for myself just to be clear, just because, you know, he was talking about drugs, you know, uh, I think I was definitely pretty narrow minded in high school and then college, I thought it was a little bit more open-minded about people using drugs. And then I think not himself, but right. Uh, well, and then, and then later on, I think maybe I was, uh, maybe about certain drugs I was closed-minded to. And then nowadays, I'm just kind of like, I have other things to think about. I really don't even care. Do we do whatever you want to do? You know, I really don't care actually. As long as it's not hurting anybody else, right? As long as it's not hurting anyone else, like, does it make a difference to me? Well, you that, know, I, I guess that's the truth for me in general. Is as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Do what you feel. I, feel I, I really don't. It's your life. It's not mine. But I, I shouldn't say, have a problem I will with say, it. If it is hurting you and I care about you, then you are hurting other right. people. Right. If you're you hurting, hurting other if people. you're hurting, if you're abusing it, or you're hurting others through your actions, or you're pressuring others with emotionally it, or physically. Right. Then that is a problem. But hey, if you're doing it and if you get enjoyment out of it, hey, I by all means, that look, I means go ahead and do it. Fine. You know? That's fine. But. Um, it's not something that I, I might, but I'm just trying to talk about what I find attractive and I don't think it's attractive for somebody to do things like that on the regular basis. Personally. Well, you know, that's your own opinion, you know? I know, but hey, that's, and that has nothing to do with age necessarily, but it um, doesn't. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about doesn't have to do with age. I'm just saying, hey, look, but, but we've got, if, a, I, we're I, going I, on tangents here and that's yeah, what this, I, I just, that's what this podcast you know, is all it, about. It's, you know, there there is a certain. Uh, I guess also, if you're affecting me with your drug use, then I do have a problem with that. I guess you know. Um. Anyway, our final word here is you know this is our 50th. and that includes alcohol because that is a drug. This is uh, you know our final word here is you know this is well why don't you go first because you always get to end. Well, I just was there anything else on age you wanted to say? No, I no, because we, we have to end this episode. We do, but we didn't talk about ageism. That's a big thing, and I just feel like oh right, okay, so okay, we see a lot of getting hired for with, polit- with, with with politics and acting. Here's a big example: Jerry Brown. He's an old guy at this point, but he turned the California. Uh, Government. He turned California around in two years. It was in a deficit, and he. And now we're in what surplus right now in California, or we're we're in New York now. But um, he really changed the uh, you know our deficit around. You know, and I really think he'd be a great candidate for president. But he's unfortunately, in the eyes of many, too old. Uh, and maybe he is. Maybe at this point, maybe I mean, he is even too Bernie old, you know? Sanders might. I mean. He appears to be too old to maybe run for president again, um, right. you know, even though he's a great candidate. But I do think there's something to be said about wanting youth in our in the offices of the presidency. I mean, you want this is the person that's representing your country and you you want to take pride in that person and you want something that exudes a level of power. Um, what? Not like, power in what? in and pride in the office you know like we you know you want you want to have your country represented by somebody who 
has his two feet on the ground, you know, and like, uh huh. I, I feel like, oh, oh, and you're you, saying you, sort of youthfulness you kind of. You don't want to appear like fr- weak or something or frail. Fra- frail. You don't, you don't yeah. want there to be any frailty in in the office, and I think the older uh, person is in the office, the more frail uh, that person uh, makes the country look. Generally, but. Um, Not all the time. You but know, there are certain people that are are old. You know, and this is, this is in a lot of businesses, especially in the acting world uh, or in the film world uh, or in entertainment in general. There's a lot of ageism, you know, and there's a sort of, uh, for some reason, people seem to think you need to get, you know, pe- they're trying to go after younger people to be starring in their movies. And it's like, you know, when you hit your 30s, it's like, and this is some coming from somebody that is in the entertainment industry. Uh, I just, start, I feel myself, I'm like, God, I, you know, you, if you hit a certain age and you keep thinking like, God, is it too late for me at this point? You know, and, you know, you just sort of, you keep adding to that, that number like, well, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, anyway, um, no. So, uh, well, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I don't agree with you because, you know, that, that goes to the whole idea. Like, I, what it comes down to is I, I believe in age. You know how we, we talk about gender fluidity? I like to think about uh, age fluidity uh, in that, you know, you are the age that you feel to an extent, you know? And if you look a certain age and you feel a certain age, by all means, you're that age. I guess. I mean, not in the number, but I feel like if you feel young and you you have a youthful quality about your personality and your well-being, then, you know, people are going to view you as younger. And so it doesn't... Yeah, but that's There not, wouldn't be... You, you'd be more castable in those younger ages, I guess, you know? You could be castable. Young, yeah, but I'm also talking about... That's not where ageism is concerned. Like, for instance... Uh, you know, there's directors that might not get as much work because they are considered to have an outlook that is maybe too old instead of having, ex- instead of an outlook that is experienced, oftentimes in Hollywood, they considered to be, uh, past they're, they're considered to, to have an outlook that is, you know, dated, dated, you know, well, sometimes, and which is, is unfortunate. Sometimes that's true, sometimes that's but sometimes true. it's not, you know, sometimes it's like, well, this person clearly has experience, you know? Um, so that's yeah, a problem, but, I think. Uh, yeah. But and that's not really not, fair. It's not you know? a big problem. You know, um, uh, I will say that, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess Asianism does exist, but um, you know, you could always the good the good thing about acting though is you could always get cast in roles that are different. You know, uh, no matter what age you are. Granted that you are a good actor, you know. I mean, but you know, ageism it's clearly not that prominent in the sense that you could our, our I should president say. our president right now is seventy one years old, and the candidate that was running against him. Hillary Clinton was all the same age, actually. So, right. uh, you know, clearly they're up there in, in years, and well, they're, they're still both the, the primary candidates for president, whereas Barack Obama was considerably younger. Um, and so, but then again, he was also more likable, maybe because he had more charisma. I feel like you have more charisma maybe when you are younger. You know? Well, he also, he looked b- better, you know? He looked... 
there is something to be said about a youthful appearance appearance as a representation of your country. as a representation of your country it makes you seem fresh and it makes you seem invigorating you know and and that's always that seems more of a good quality you know i hate to say that but that has to do with physical appearance like you said nikki not necessarily your actual age um cuz there's some people even you know who are in their 70s you think by golly, I mean, how are they in their 70s? They look like they're in their 50s, maybe 40s even. I mean, our mother looks pretty darn young for her age, you know? Yeah, you know... Um, Although what's interesting is... Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, but I do... You know, I think... So what was your point about... What was our point on ageism? I guess the point is, I guess I can understand in a way that somebody wants for certain things some a, a certain youthfulness a, or a sense of youthfulness but i don't think the age the actual age of that person the should matter number yeah should the matter. actual should num- should matter it should be based on whether or not that person is vital you know a, a, rather, well, right. and their vitality you know um uh, so that that's that yeah um, anyway, any last words on this subject of age? Um, I guess what it comes down to it is, like everything else that we've talked about, there's no black and white. It's not a black and white issue with age. Um, I mean, age is not uh, an issue per se. Age is a thing that's not an issue. We just made it an issue in this episode. Right. right. I mean, well, it is an issue, actually, a lot of times. Um, age is an issue, actually. What are you talking about? We didn't. It is an issue, straight up, actually. Um, I think but what it comes age, down to it, though, no, is age it, itself is not an issue, but age it concerning it, other things is. Well, no, age. What in, in regards to oh. what other topics is an issue? You know. Well, yeah. Well, no, duh. I mean, what do you? Of course. What's your point? I mean, I don't understand that because I would say that just like anything else, you know, what are you talking about? Just like any other subject, it matters within the context of something you're talking about. What do you, I don't know what you're saying. I guess, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, if you were to talk about something like guns, for example, you could just say guns, yes or no, and I'd be like, no. Yeah, but what if you said guns in video games? I'd say yes. Yeah, I know, but you just put it in a different context. But if you were just to say guns, yes or no, I'd be like, no. But if you said age, yes or no... You'd be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. Well, no, but uh, there's an implied context when you say guns. That's what. That's the, the thing, you know? I know, but there's not an applied context. There's implied. An, in, there's not an implied context when you say age. That's the problem. Well, so age. That, that's, that's, my pro- that's what my problem with Wait, what, ask your me, statement. Uh, you, say, you, you made it. Wait, you said, you hold said on, age ask me. as if it were automatically an issue, but okay. it's, not, it's an issue only based on... This conversation that we just okay, had. Okay, say age. Age, yes or no? Yes. Ask me, age, yes or no? Age, yes or no? No. See, again, we split hairs. It's a case-by-case case scenario on this. And we split hairs, and, and that's what this podcast is all no, about. Well, no, seriously, 50 though. 50 episodes. In all seriousness, it. though, yeah, I just think um, a lot of these things are just a case-by-case case scenario. Um uh, and I think we just got to look at, at the situations like that, you know, and uh, you know, that's 50, how it should work. 50 episodes in, there's one thing that's remained constant. Nothing is black and white. We're living in a gray world. And uh, we should view, we should all view the world uh, 
in those in that turn and under those uh, sort of what? No, we should all, we should all parameters, view, you know, we should all view the world uh, with at, an open mind, with an open mind, and and look at each thing on on a case by case scenario, and also ba- basis, not scenario. Oh, case by case basis, uh, and look at each scenario at. As its own thing. As its own unique thing. One that can be picked apart and, and researched. thought about critically and analytically. Because when you do that, you will realize that it is never going to be black and white. It's never going to be all or nothing. And you realize that many issues that you think were, or many, uh, many issues that you thought were problems were in fact maybe not that problematic um, according to the people involved. And then also... Many things that maybe, uh, well, yeah, okay. Anyway, that's that's all I gotta say. Uh, age, uh, or vice versa, by the way. Age is but a number, and um, I'm I'm happy that this was the topic of our fiftieth episode because as this podcast ages, uh, we not only mature as podcasters. But the podcast itself matures. I know. After this episode, I'm a year older. Jeez uh, Louise. After, after uh, these 50 episodes, I feel like this podcast has matured into definitely something we didn't think it would be at its inception. And that's pretty cool. Right, uh, right, right. We did think of something. We Well, we had a kind of a base. It's kind of still like the same thing, but certainly is not the same thing. <laughs> um, and that's pretty cool. Change is cool. That's what I can say. Change is interesting. It's not cool, but change is interesting. Well, God, you can say that about a lot of things. I know, but change is interesting, uh, and change happens with age. Yeah, and change. Please, please, let me have the final word well, for Can once. I just say one thing about change? We fear change, yet we embrace change. <laughs> change is interesting. It's, it's scary. It's scary. It's sad. It's life, but it's Blacks, oh, Come on! But it's also no, dude. God. But it's also interesting. <laughs> change. It's not, it's, it's not always sad, Nikki. Jeez, Louise. Change is interesting. It's sad. It's beautiful. It's it's age, and it's life. Age. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time when we discuss Mickey's problems with change. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.